I can't find anybody else to trust. I'm, I'm looking for somebody. I gave up looking a long time ago, actually. Uh, I found out that there's just no way. I can't figure it out, and since I can't figure it out, I don't think anybody else can figure it out. Take your Bibles, go to 1 Kings chapter 8. Solomon, Solomon is in charge now. Solomon's, uh, his dad has passed the buck to him. Uh, the Lord told him who to choose, and, and uh, David chose him. And uh, he put Solomon in charge, and, and David goes off the scene. Seventy years old, uh, had a full life, uh, did what the Lord told him to do, and uh, everything that David tried to do, uh, God was with him all the way through. He said David was a man after God's own heart. If you want to learn some things uh, in your Bible, sometimes you just need to open it up and read it and look at people's lives. I remember a, a preacher once told me, he said, uh, he asked me where I came from, and I told him, and he goes, Mike, he goes, uh, how did you do that? And I said, well, I watched this preacher do that. And this, He said, you've been watching preachers. I said, yeah, that's what I do. I watch them. I see what works and what doesn't work. And then I do what works and throw out what doesn't work. Uh, you know, that's all you have to do is, is you look. You know what your Bible's full of? Here, go read this. Uh, chapter 8, 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 12. It says, then spake Solomon. Uh, actually, go back to 7, 751. 7 is right there before it gets to chapter 8 line there. It's like right there. Uh, it says, so, so was ended all the work that King Solomon made for the house of the Lord. And Solomon brought, uh, uh, and, and Solomon brought in the, uh, the things which David, his father, had dedicated. Even the silver and the gold and the vessels uh, did he put among the treasures of the house of the Lord. Now go to, to verse 12, or, uh, 8, 12. Then spake Solomon, he's talking. The Lord said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. I have surely built thee a house to dwell in, a settled place for thee to abide in forever. Father, thank you for your blessings today. Lord, I do pray that you bless this message. Uh, Lord, uh, it's a simple little message, not hard. Uh, Lord, but uh, it's something I think we need in this day and time. Lord, thank you for all your, just thank you for a book that we can hold in our hands. Lord, it, is, it goes far beyond anything we'll ever see or be able to do. And Lord, we can trust the men who wrote it. Uh, Lord, we can trust that the Holy Spirit knew that every jot and tittle uh, is in the right place at the right time for us in our lives. Uh, bless this morning's service, Father. And Lord, if there's anybody in here who doesn't know you as their Savior, I pray that you'd show them this morning their need. Uh, Lord, for the rest of us, give us something to help us get through another day. And Father, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Solomon, y'all may be seated. Solomon, uh, young man, he doesn't know a whole lot. Uh, he's like all of us. Uh, he, he was raised in the castle. He's raised with the king. He watched David, his father, do some mighty things. Uh, David was a great man. I mean, when you start looking at him as a young man, I've seen some, some people try to depict David. They never could get him right. He's just a young guy who just believed God, and that's all it was. And God guided his hands. And I mean, you take a little rock. I don't know about you, but I can throw rocks, but I can't throw them, throw them like David did. I mean, David would put it in a sling and start slinging that thing, and, and they let go. They got so good at that, man, he could hit you in the head. Ask Goliath uh, someday. Well, you don't want to ask Goliath, because if you ever get to the place where Goliath said, you're not going to have a fun time. David, David, though, was a man of war, and he, he never intended to be a man of war. He just, that's just what happened to him, and he just struggled and struggled and fought and fought and fought. And, and one day the Lord said, hey, come here, I got a job for you over on this side. And, and David, uh, he was sitting there, go back to uh, uh, 1 Kings chapter 7. Wait a minute, we're already there, aren't we? No, this is uh, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel. It might, it might be 2 Samuel 7. I'll find out in just a second. It's somewhere in your Bible. I know that. I'll look at, I'll look at those. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, 2 Samuel 7, excuse me. Scribal error. David is sitting here, and, and this is before Bathsheba. This is before Uriah the Hittite. This is before a lot of the other things that's happened to him. It says, it came to pass when uh, King David sat in his house. He's, he's in a house. He built for himself, and he did everything else. Uh, you, you have to come someplace in your life where you get to the thing where you want to do something for God, and, and you got to look around and say, what can I do for the Lord? What can I do for him? Uh, he's done so much for me. Uh, I've been able to trust Jesus Christ for 43 years. Actually, I trusted him before the 43 years. I, I took my wife the other day. We was driving down 65, and she said she'd never moved to Louisville. Mom was going to have to move up here. She goes, Louisville's crazy. Well, I thought Louisville was a little city. But I took her down the road. We was on 65, and we come up under Fern Valley. And I said, Beth, you remember I told you that story about me getting off, and I sit here, and my car was about ready to blow up, and, and the engine was knocking and all that other stuff? And she goes, yeah. I said, it was right here. I said, right here. I got off right there, and that guy hit me, like, right up there. And he totaled my car out, and I was lost. And I sit there driving down the road in a 66 Chevy Nova with the engine, inline six engine knocking. The, the, I mean, I'm getting ready to throw a rod through that engine. I already know what's getting ready to happen. And I'm sitting there going, lost. I'm like, I wish somebody would hit this car and total it out. And I get off the expressway, go around loop and gum. The light's green. I go through the light and the guy totals my car out. I get out of the car and lay on the hood laughing. Nobody got hurt. I'm sitting there just busting out laughing because I just said that right down there. I could see from where I was standing with my car being hit where I said that coming down the expressway. And that guy had to buy me a new car. Now, I was lost, and the Lord had mercy on me or something. I don't know. <laughs> but it wasn't my fault. It was his fault. But, I, you know, you sit there, and I can remember God doing things and the Lord doing things for me and the Holy Spirit in my life when I was lost, um, doing little teeny-weeny things. Then one day he brought me to a place, and I got saved. And David is sitting here and says, It came to pass uh, when the king had sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemy, that, that the king said to Nathan, David had friends, man. His friends were men of God. His friends were godly men. He didn't have friends in this world. I mean, he had acquaintances. Joab was acquaintance. Wasn't the greatest in the whole world, but he's a good, good fighter. David was surrounded by all kinds of weird people, but boy, he had some that he could go right to. He, and he said, the king said unto Nathan, the prophet, See, now I dwell in the house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. They still had the tabernacle out there with the curtains and badger skins and all that stuff in it and the ark was inside there uh, I'm not really sure exactly how much of the, the tabernacle looked like the original tabernacle Moses had uh, but he had it sitting out there and we definitely know the ark was there Nathan verse 3 said to the king go and do all that is in thine heart for the Lord is with thee now in a few seconds here Nathan heads out of Dodge you know what's a blessing is? God corrects you sometimes compassionately. Verse 4 says, And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, You moron! What in the world did you tell David that for you? Did you ask me? Well, no, David's a man after your own heart. I figured everything David wanted to do would be okay with you. No, not this time. Nathan had to go back and tell David, David, you got blood on your hand. You can't. But however, comma, you get down to, I think it's verse uh, 14, 13. He uh, Verse 12, he says, And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom, and he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be uh, his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him. Isn't that a blessing? I'm going to spank you. <laughs> 
He shouldn't have said if he, it's when he. That's what he should do. I already know the thing with me. I'm like, that's a when he is not an if he. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with a rod of men. I had somebody the other day, they asked me a question about that, and, and uh, right there it is. You know what the Lord uses? Wicked people sometimes will chasten you to get you to do right. God uses them, allows stuff to happen to you. He allowed Nebuchadnezzar to come in and take over the nation of Israel and take him into captivity and get him out of the land. God uses all kinds of, allows stuff to happen. He uses the devil. He lets the devil do things. Uh, he doesn't make the devil do it. He just allows it to happen. You know what he does that for? Is your benefit. Everything that happens bad to us sometimes isn't always bad. It may appear bad for the moment, but down the road somewhere, I can't think of one thing, man. And really, honestly, in the last 65 years, and I've had some things happen that I wish never, but I can't think of one thing that I'm not kind of happy today that it happened that way. Because I'm sitting here today because of that. And I hope you get that. What I'm trying to get to you, I was reading that passage over, go back to uh, 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 1 Kings 8. David turns the kingdom over to Solomon. Before he does, though, he starts getting everything ready and he starts putting stuff together and, you know, David didn't care about David. David cared about God. And David had an opportunity to do something for God. Sometimes your opportunity won't be what you think it is. Sometimes it's going to be something different. David didn't get mad at Nathan when Nathan came up and said, uh, David, you can't do it. He said, I will do it. There was another king that did that and he ended up being a leper. Uh, no, that, that wasn't David. David was like, okay, okay, if I can't do it, if I can't do it, the Lord don't want me to do it, that's fine. The Lord's always right. I got to that a long time ago. Lord's always right. I, if he can build a universe, I can't. And if you can, come and see me afterwards. I would like to know how you do it. But he built a universe. I have not seen anybody or even heard of anybody who even claimed to do that. He says, I've done that. I'm like, okay, that's pretty impressive. He goes, hey, I made a man out of dirt. Can you? I said, no, no, they can artificially inseminate a woman now, but they need still everybody. God didn't need that. He just did it from nothing. I like somebody who does it from nothing. As a matter of fact, there wasn't nothing to do nothing from. He had to make nothing to do nothing from it. Amen. You have to stop thinking about that. There was nothing there, and he made something in nothing so he could do what he wanted to do. We take what is there and make something out of it and think we did something good. You didn't do anything. Man, that's like going to a junkyard and putting a car together. All the parts are already there. I mean, that's not making anything. But I like this stuff, man. This thing right here. It says, then spake Solomon that the Lord said he would dwell in the thick darkness. And David gave me a job. He gave me a big job. My dad gave me a job. He, he's already set me up. Man, I got, I got stacks and stacks of gold and silver and, and iron and brass and all this other stuff sitting over here. And, and I got this big old job. But go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 8. Every story in your Bible, there's a story is not just sitting there just because it's there. Of all the things the Lord could have recorded in your Bible, every single word, every jot, tittle, everything he could have put in there, he only put 66 books and, you know, however many chapters, uh, uh, 16, 1,700 pages, depending on the Bible you got. For all eternity, that's all he put in there. Then everything, everything he put in there means something. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 8. I'll get there myself in a second. Keep, keep passing over. Hebrews is a little book, man. 
I remember a long time ago when I started reading my Bible, some of these books seemed like they were like days long. Now, now you just go right through them. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5. I heard, a, I heard a man preach this message, a message similar to this a long, long time ago, and he, he quoted this verse. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5. And it says this. He goes, who serveth us? Uh, maybe I'll go back to verse 4. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve unto the example and the shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. See, for see, saith he, that thou make it all, that thou make all things according to the pattern shown to thee in the mount. God gave us a pattern. To do, to do by. I'm going to preach again tonight on this right here, but it's going to be a little bit different tonight. But he gave us a pattern. Brother, there's so many people, I, in the last four or five weeks, I've watched people, they try to do things their way. And it doesn't work. Then if you try to do it God's way, they're going to get mad at you because you did it God's way. But it worked. And they can't figure that thing out because they won't do it. You know what it is? It's It's a line upon line precept, here a little, there a little. It takes time. Now, young people, this is mainly to you guys. To the rest of us in the middle here, if you messed up, it's us too. But this is to just about everybody out there. It takes time to do it. Solomon took him seven years to build that temple. With all the material laying there, with all the people that could do the work, with everything that was necessary to build that temple, it still took him seven years. And God wasn't in it till he got finished. You know what's wrong with most of us is we do something and we think he's in it right now and he's not. And then we don't, we don't add the time figure in there. It wasn't just Solomon, by the way. It was also David. David, years earlier, had started getting stuff ready and storing the stuff back for the day when Solomon come along. And then his son that God said would build that temple would pop up and here's that man's going to do the job. David had no idea if Solomon was going to be able to do that other than God said he could do it. You know what David did? He said, I'm just going to trust God and I'm going to get stuff together. If I can't build that temple, I'll surely get the stuff together to do it. You know what Solomon did? Probably when he, he probably looked over and seen all that stuff and said, man, I'm stuck now. My daddy got all that stuff together. And he, you know what he had to do? He had to develop a relationship with God too. Take your Bibles, go back to he said over in Hebrews, he said, For see, saith he, that's God, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed thee in the mount. Have you ever got a pattern for your life? Do you realize God has a pattern for your life? He has a, it's in this book. He, he gives you the pattern. I, I'm no different than anybody else. I could fix anything. I tell everybody I could fix anything if it was broke. You say, how you do that? I'd get the tech manual. You know what the tech manager did? It was a pattern of something that worked right. And, if, and all, then you got something that's broke. And here, I'm just a dumb hillbilly from Kentucky, man. I just read a book. Here's a tech manual, R1051. Here's a broken R1051. Here's a tech manual. It says blah, 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 blah. You go over here, blah, blah, blah. It ain't, this ain't doing what that says. One of these is right. I watched Sesame Street when I was a kid. One of these things is not like the other. This says one thing. This says something else. And I'm sitting there going, I think I'll trust this because somebody wrote this thing, and this thing's been touched by us, and we broke it. And then you start playing with it, and pretty soon you, you, you know what I had to do a lot of times? 
I had to read this thing 10 or 15 times to understand what they were saying. And then after a while, I kept scratching my head and said, wait a second. They say this, 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 and this. But I said, wait a minute, let me back up a little bit. And let me go back until I find something that makes sense. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I said, that makes sense. The rest of that stuff. I remember the first time I read my Bible. I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Catholic, man. Catholic. I could get Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I had no clue what Acts was. After, after he ascends there in Acts chapter 1, I was lost. So I go back and read Genesis. I thought, I'll go to the Old Testament. Genesis. I get through Genesis, got that okay. Uh, got, you know, Charles Heston, I told you all this. Charles Heston holding up the thing, Red, Red Sea splitting across the water. That's cool, I got that. After that, it made no sense. Ten Commandments, uh, Exodus 20. I didn't understand anything after that. You know what I did? Went back and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You say, well, that's all Old Testament stuff. Yeah, but it was good. I didn't know. Nobody told me, so I just kept reading it. And as time went on and I got saved out of that thing, then Acts started opening up and then, then Romans started opening up and then First uh, 2 Corinthians opened up and then Exodus started opening up and some of the other Bibles in the Old Testament started opening up and pretty soon the book starts. You know what you got to do sometimes? Just read that thing and read that and find some place in there where you can grab hold of something and get a hold of that thing. But he said you got to do it after the pattern. Any other way you do it is going to be wrong. You say, well, I don't understand what the pattern is. Well, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. We got two young ladies in there. Rachel, she's going to start. I said, blessing yesterday, man. I said, I said, hey, Rachel, yeah. What are you going to do now after school? She just graduated. Her graduation party was yesterday. She said, I'm going to go to TBDI. I had to say, what? What did you just say? I thought she was going to say, oh, I'm going to go work at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> that's what everybody does. <laughs> Chick-fil-A, that's what. It used to be Kroger's. Now it's Chick-fil-A. But, uh, you know, you sit there and you look at that thing and you say, okay, what do I, you, no, I'm going to go learn something about the Bible. That's the smartest thing you could ever do. You say, why? Because now for the rest of her life, if she actually does it, and here's Sarah, she's doing the same thing. For the rest of their lives, they'll have that thing behind them. So they'll say, I know what the Lord said. And the Lord said, do this and this and this and this. I can't do that, that but I can do this. And I'll do it this way. You know what he told Solomon? He said, I want you to build it after the pattern. Uh, Moses back here, Exodus 25, 1, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering. Man, see, uh, all he talks about is money. He's going to make us bring money. You know, they didn't have a problem back then. I don't know why we do. I really don't, you know, I, I don't even care about the money myself. Uh, I, I make money, I make money all over, but I got a garage full, so I, I was going to sell my house, I changed my mind. I'm not going to sell it until I sell everything in my house. I got garages full of stuff I got to get rid of. So I'm just going to sell everything in my garages. When my garages are empty, I'm going to sell the house. Uh, otherwise, I got to move the stuff. I don't want to move it, so I'll just sell it. I'll just get it. I got rid of some stuff yesterday. I'll get rid of some stuff today. I make more money selling stuff out of my garage than anything, man. I'm telling you, it's crazy. I made 400 bucks yesterday. I probably shouldn't tell that. They're coming. Where's the taxes on that? <laughs> I probably shouldn't say it. But, but Moses, he said, Moses, he said, speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Of every man that giveth it willingly with, it, with his heart, you shall take my offering. It should be a willing thing. You know, I'm going to tell you something right now. If you've got an issue in your heart about giving to God, you've got a problem in your heart. Right. You know what you need to figure out is what is that problem? I'll tell you how you figure that thing out. You get in the pattern. You find it in here. So you start reading this thing. Don't listen to me. Go find this thing in here and find Say, God, show me something out of this book. This is my blueprint right here. This is it. You don't build anything. We, built, we put this 20 foot on this house. You know what? So it, 
I got this blueprint. Worst, worst thing I ever did. Uh, I got it from a guy who's like this architect that's like out there in La La Land somewhere. It was the worst. I mean, <laughs> even the, the inspectors couldn't figure the blueprint out. We sit here and we had to take all this stuff off. He was going to fail me. He was going to fail me miserably. This thing was all framed in. I mean, it's all metal studs. He said, what do you got metal studs for? I said, well, it's fire rated. He goes, it's not fire rated. He said, you see that door down there? I said, yeah. He said, that's fire rated. He said, the rest of this building can burn down for all we care. We just want to make sure that you don't put the fire into that other little angle there. I said, well, why didn't somebody say this before we got started? <laughs> so we had to get five people online. Me and that guy sit here with the prince reading the instructions while three other inspectors were back at the, the city going through what, and he passed every single thing we did. He goes, I've never seen, he goes, McDonald's don't build it like this and they burn stuff. <laughs> he goes, I don't know what you're doing. I said, I don't know what we're doing either. And he said, let's, let's figure this thing out. You know what we had to do? We had the instruction manual right in front of us and we just started reading it. And then he would call them and they'd bring books out down there. And they go, yeah, sure enough, that's right, man. Sure enough, yeah, that's right. They never seen anything like that. I said, you'll never see anything like that from me again. I said, this thing is crazy. He says, but, but do it according to the pattern showed the end amount. God showed Moses exactly how to make the brazen altar. He showed him exactly how to make the tabernacle. He said, this is how you make everything, and you put it together like this. He said, the, the altar of incense, I'm showing sure you how to make it, and the, the altar of showbread, and the, the candlestick was sitting there inside here, and he goes, you're going to build this thing just like this, and it's going to have this and this and this, and I want it just like this, and it's got to be exactly like I said it. You know what Moses did? God, then God gave Moses a couple guys who could build it just like Moses would tell him. And then God got the, the stuff from the people. You know, what, you know when you look at the tabernacle, it had to be that. The first thing you see when you look at the door is that brazen altar where a blood offering. You know what you need to get in heaven is a blood offering. That tabernacle was not just something of religion. Everybody's religion, what the devil does is he throws religion into Christianity, and then you, we want to blend Christianity and say it's a religion. It's not a religion. It's a way of life. Jesus Christ, when you look at that tabernacle, God said Moses built it this way. It's not like any other church out there anywhere. You look at that thing and you walk, you walk around. You can walk all the way around it. And you can't see in until you come to the where the door is. And you look at the door, first thing you see is a brazen altar. And they're just sacrificing an animal. One right after the blood offering. Slit their throat. Blood all over the place. I, I still to this day, man, can you imagine the amount of blood? I mean, where could they have... The whole place had to be red, man, with blood. And then they'd throw that animal on there and burn it and burn it and burn it all day long. That's all you're doing. You know what you do? You make your sin offering, you go around it. Once you make the sin offering, you can get in. You're in. Then you go in there and there's a laver sitting there. You're still not in the holies yet. There's a laver sitting there with water in it. You know what he told... He, he's washing our feet. Everybody says, oh, foot washing. Got to have foot washing. You do foot washing, that has nothing to do with anything. What it does have to do with something has to do with God. What God said, if you do it by according to the pattern, what we do is we'll do foot washing, and then all of a sudden we think we got to do everybody's stinky feet. It has nothing to do with washing your feet. He told Peter, he said, if I wash thee not, thou art clean. He said, wash my whole body. He said, you don't need your whole body. Wash just your feet. You know what that labor was there for? Sometimes going to the hole, you get your feet dirty out there in the sand. You just wash your feet before you go in. You don't have to wash it. You already did that at the, the brazen altar. You don't have to do it again. Then you go inside. You open up that first curtain, you walk inside, and there's a candle, golden candlestick sitting there. And that candlestick is supposed to be lit 24-7. It never goes out. Why? 
So you can see the table of showbread over there. And there's 12 loaves of bread, six and six. You know how many books are in your Bible? 66. Isn't that just weird? I think it's weird. I think everything about that book is weird. I mean, 66 and the bread of life, that, and it's fresh. You know what? They put it on every day. It's fresh. He doesn't, he doesn't give you stale stuff. He gives the stale stuff to the priest eat. You get fresh stuff every day, man. So he puts, here's the lights lit. You know, if those lights go out in there, it was so dark you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. It was required to keep that in. You know when he said do it according to the pattern that was in the mount? You know why he did that? Because it's a picture of something. And then you get in there, and before you get to God, there's an altar of incense. And there's where the prayers go up. You get the word of God. You get the light on of God, the Holy Spirit on that. All of a sudden, here's that little uh, altar of incense, and you put your uh, incense in there. And once a year, a priest could walk through beyond that into the Holy of Holies. And in there was the Ark of the Covenant where God's seat was. David sit there and said, Lord, I want to build an ark. I want to build, I want to build a temple for you. The only thing that David didn't replicate, or uh, Solomon did not replicate, was the ark. Solomon replicated every single other item in there. He said, according, he said, according to the, uh, in uh, Exodus 25, 9. I'll go to Exodus, if you're there, let me get there myself. Exodus 25. The Lord is talking to him. And he's telling, he's telling Moses, he said, you have to do exactly, exactly like I said. You know why? Because there's going to be some people 4,000 years from now that are going to be reading this book. And if you don't do it exactly like I tell you, it's not going to help. You know, there's been a lot of people down through time that hasn't done it exactly like God said do it. I'm going to talk about some of that stuff tonight, some patterns that he's left all through our Bible for us to follow. And the problem is, is we don't follow them. Then we wonder why our lives are falling apart. Christian lives should never fall apart. They should get better and better. I didn't say troubles and tribulations won't come into your life. I'm just saying when they do, you'll get through them. I've got through them for 43 years. I don't know how sometimes, but I did. It's like he was carrying me, walking with me. And when I couldn't, he dragged me. And when he, when he got tired of dragging me, he'd throw me up on his shoulder like a lamb and just walk off with me. Until I could stand up again. And then he'd walk with me. And he would talk with me. 43 years he's been doing that. Actually, I'm serious. I think he did it before then too. I just didn't know who that was. 43 years ago when I got saved, guess what? I didn't know who that was either. <laughs> I just knew something happened. I was like, what in the world happened, man? Exodus chapter 25, 9 says, According to all that I show thee, God never leaves you without the word of God. He never leaves you guessing. Brethren, if you have to guess at anything you're doing, it's not God. He'll give you, you know what, David, David, David always, man, you watch him. He's a pattern. He's a pattern to uh, pattern your life after. Moses is somebody you want to pattern your life after. Noah's a good one to pattern your life after. Adam and Eve, Adam is a good one. Uh, he got right, man. You know what he did? He got right and he did. He had to go out and work. You need to go work. I'm telling you, if you the whole country, man, we have set a precedent in our country that nobody works anymore. Okay, then when you starve to death, that's your problem. <laughs> don't come to me. Well, if you come to me, I might give you a, a wafer or something. I don't know. Don't come to me because I'm on a diet, man. I can't give you anything. 
I can't eat. You ought to see what I, oh, it's crazy. I only got eight more weeks, man, and, and I still can't pig, pig out after that. Diet stuff is crazy. Whoever were in the diet, man, it's, that word doesn't even sound right. According to all that I show thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of the instruments thereof, even so shall you make. God showed Moses exactly what to do. You know what a lot of us is we don't know exactly what to do. And we think, oh, I want the Lord's will. I want the Lord's will. I want the Lord's will. I want the will. You should know what the Lord's will is. If you don't know what the Lord's will is, what was the last time he told you to do something? Then that's what the Lord's will is. And it is going to be that until he tells you to do something else. And if he haven't told you to do something else, guess what? You do the last thing you're told to do. I like, the, I like being in the Navy, man. I, I, a few minutes ago, I saw my brother back here. He's, he's, uh, he was in the Army and Air Force. And uh, I, didn't know, I didn't know my mic was still on. And I'm back here telling Navy stories, man. And if you were online out there, you got some good Navy stories. I mean, I don't, <laughs> somebody called in and said, tell him his mic is still on. <laughs> I'm like, but it's, I'm right in the middle of a Navy story. Shut up. Leave me alone. It's crazy. But I'm telling you, brethren, you know what? I knew, I knew, I knew I was in God's will, perfect will in the United States Navy. You know why? Because he told me to go in. I got out wrong, and I had to go back in. And when I got back in, I knew I was back in, in God's will. You know what I knew? I knew that I was assigned to a ship, and the ship was the captain's ship. And I had responsibility. I did not need the Lord to come down and say, Mike, you got to do this, 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 this. And when you get done with all that, you need to do all this other stuff too. He didn't have to tell me nothing. It's common sense. I'm assigned to the ship. I'm the captain's. I'm not mine. You're bought with a price. He paid for me. I'm his. I would like to say he was mine, but, and I did. You don't have to use do everything. Guess what? You know what I learned in the Navy? I had a friend one time tell me, he said, Mike, you learned everything in the Navy. You know what I learned? I was his friend and he was mine. That was my captain. You have a captain tonight? I got a captain. I am his and he is mine. My captain goes a lot further out than my other captain went. My other captain was just an old six. My captain is the captain of the universe, captain of the world. I come on, he doesn't have to tell me over and over and over again what to do. I already know what to do. You know, I got, a, I got an instruction manual right here. I've got the pattern of everything I need right here. All I got to do is do this. It doesn't take a rocket science to figure the thing out. I've got this right here. You know what he made me do? He made me learn some things before he ever gave me things. Once I learned, learned some things and I had those things down, then he said, now I can add this into your life. You know what's wrong with most of us? We try to add everything into life, and then we try to think. Education is the worst thing you can ever get if you don't apply it right. Because you'll think yourself out of everything. I don't try to think myself out of nothing. I just think if it's in front of me, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to, I got rid of two, uh, two freezers, refrigerator and freezer, 1,700 miles later. But I said I would do it. And I did it. If you're going to say something, then do what you say. Amen. Don't say something and don't do it. I took that lady right there for my wife. The Lord said, are you sure you want her? I said, really, you should be asking her that question. And she's sure she wants me. He said, are you ready to take care of her? Everything. I've never required her to take care of me ever. Why? Because the pattern says that. That's not something I just made up. You want your life to be right? This is the pattern. right? I'll get into some of that stuff tonight, man. I'm telling you what. God set a pattern. He gave it to you in your book. 
And this thing right here is it's like everything is in here. You just keep reading it and reading. You say, I don't understand nothing. That who said you had to? I've got a Bible education. I still don't understand half of it. Three quarters of it. 99% of it. But I tell you what, that 1% I understand, that gets me. I don't need the other 99 yet. Lord said, you ain't even got the one down yet. Just We'll get to 99. He says, I come after the one. I've already got the 99. They're over here. I'll go after the one. You still work on the one. <laughs> You're the one I'm coming after. But you said, he says there, where the Lord, the Lord tells him, he says, you build. He tells, he tells him, you build this. He goes, uh, Exodus, Exodus 25, 10. I'm just going to run through these real quick. The ark. Solomon used the original in that temple. Saul, when, he, when he went to put that ark in the temple, that was the only thing. He had two cherubs. That, that, that temple was 20 cubits of, uh, from side to side and 20 cubits square. It was 20 cubits square. It wasn't square, but it was 20 by 20. And he had, he had a cherub. I mean, his cherubs were different. Because the one uh, Moses had, they sit on the mercy seat. They had the ark of the covenant. And they were right on it and touched like this. And, and he would glow in the middle of that thing. Solomon said, no, man, I'm going to be, God, God accepted that. He had one man, the wing, he had one guy sitting here like this. And the wing on the back of that cherub, 10, 10 cubits, man, came out this way and touched this wall. Boy, you're talking about some craftsmanship. Yeah. And this guy was standing here like this. And then all of a sudden, the other wing came up over here and went out. I went five cubits and then five more cubits and stopped right here. And then over on this side, there was one standing like this. And his wing came up five, and it just touched right there. And then the other wing, as he's standing here, comes over and touches this wall. So when you walk into Holy Holies, what you, the only thing you've seen in there before Solomon got anything was those two cherubs. They weren't drawing no attention to themselves, although they're big. The room itself was empty until God gets there. You know what you need? You need God. Without God, you ain't got nothing. You can know it all, but without God, you ain't got nothing. You need him in there. You need him in there. He tell you, the table of showbread, Solomon remade it, but, the, it, but Moses had it made. It was, it was a, a table of showbread. It was, uh, I think it's two cubits by six, two by four, and it, had the, it was all gold uh, overlaid with gold, and, and he'd have the showbread on there, and then, then the altar of incense he had in there too. He tells him, he said, make it exactly like it. You know, I, I couldn't even imagine, boy, man, Moses, how did you... How did you possibly transfer that knowledge out of your head into those men who did that work? That had to be an act of God. Because those men went out and cast exactly what they were supposed to do. Exactly. And they built every single thing. And people kept giving and giving and giving. You know why? Because they got into what God was doing. Brethren, we started this little camp up there. Joe and myself started this thing. And we drove 100 billion trillion miles out to Missouri somewhere and and I'm like, this is way too far to go because if this bus ever breaks down, we're in big trouble. And I watched God a couple times do uh, just miraculous things to that bus. And, and the way we got it, and it broke down. It actually broke down on us one time. And uh, flights and everything. I mean, pipe, Piper Cups, man. I mean, little, little airplanes, people got rides from here out to where the bus was in a, in a plane that somebody had to take on that. Just happened to go that way. How many people in here have friends that just happened to go that way in a plane? And, and you got a bus out in the middle of nowhere, broke, and they just happen to go there in a plane. And by the way, I can give you a ride and drop you off. It won't cost you a dime. I mean, brother, you watch it. They, they took a bus out there one time, and they got somewhere over in the middle of Illinois. I mean, nowhere Illinois. 
I mean, it, it, is, it is like there's nowhere. Chicago is the only thing up north in Illinois. The rest of it is just nothing. And they're out in the middle of nowhere in Illinois. Grasses and weeds and, and I guess wheat, whatever's out there. As far as the eye can see, no matter where you can see, ask these guys. They'll tell you this. I'm, I'm exaggerating maybe a teeny-weeny bit, but not a whole lot. And this bus starts overheating. And they got, they got 60, 70 kids on this bus or people on this bus. Out in the middle of nowhere, they come up to an exit. And right behind them is a car. And they come up to this exit. And they get off the exit because it's overheating. And they pull off. And the way this story was told to me, they pull off. They get out. They try to figure out what's going on. And this guy gets off out of the car. And he gets off. And he's right behind him. And he goes, he's got his flip phone. It's back in the day when his flip phone probably. He goes, oh, what's y'all's problem? Oh, 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 you're overheating him. He's talking to the manufacturer who built the bus. <laughs> what is the odds in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, that the guy who built the bus is on the further end of this phone? He goes, yeah, man, this bus is overheating right here. He said, what to do? So they got Andrew. He said, take him, to pull the engine cover off. It's got a diesel in it. And stick your hand around the front, around the fan, and there's this little bitty plug at the bottom of the fan. And pop that thing out, and the fan will run full time. Hey, did they do that? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Click, and it goes away. What's the odds? That was an international harvester bus, and the guy that was in that phone was friends, and it, he, he had the international harvester engineer on the line who built the bus. In the United States down some road that you don't even know if anybody knows where the road's at. You know what that is? That's God. You know what he said, do? He said, start a camp. Get involved in a camp. Help them get this camp going. He said, I got the rest, by the way. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. Now, brother, that, that right there is, un if you never even understood who God was, that right there ought to make you get saved like that. <laughs> That just don't happen. I'm a technician, man. I mean, I was on ships. I never had a ship pull up behind us and say, hey, uh, what's your problem? Can I fix it for you? <laughs> that would have freaked me out in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> have another little tugboat pull up behind me. You got a problem up there? Is your GTG bad? <laughs> I got the guy right here on the phone. I mean, it's crazy. God's the craziest thing. He got that candlestick. He said, make that candlestick exactly like I told you. He said, you don't have to understand it. He said, y'all will go in there, and, and you will do the work inside the holies area, and you'll need the light, but that thing has to stay lit 24-7. You know what the, the priests had to do? They had to go in there on a daily basis and put oil in that thing to keep it lit. It was a requirement. You have to do that sometimes to get the things to work. The pattern, you have to understand what the pattern is. So that you can keep it. They knew. Here's the pattern. Moses said, okay, guys, here's your pattern. And we're going to build this thing. And they built it. And they had all the pieces laying there on the ground. He said, okay, let's put this thing together. So Moses comes out with tab A into tab B. <laughs> and when you get tab A into B, B goes into C. He probably had little tags on everything with T, C, D, E. And then you got double X, double, triple X. QRT and all that other stuff. No, man, they just started putting it together. A knob and a, a latch and a thatch and this and that and all the other stuff, man, and pretty soon it's all together. And God's still not in it. And the priest goes in there and they get all the stuff and they lay everything exactly the way it is and, and all of a sudden they get God in it and the cloud comes down on it and 
from that day forward, if the cloud was on it, they rested. When the cloud went up, they took off. They had a cloud, a pillar to lead them by the day and lead them by the night. You know what Solomon? Solomon did exactly what his dad told him to do. He didn't have... There, when you look at the way he built that temple, it's unbelievable. He had two pillars there. And on them pillars, they had, they had chains of, of weave and work on the top of them. And up on top of those pillars, if you read about them, there was things up there that nobody ever saw except God. They're right on top. You could not see the way those pillars were and the height of them when you went into the temple. The temple was the highest thing right there. You, you would never get unless you were up on the roof or something. Uh, but you would never see that. Only God seen that thing. You know what he was cared, God was cared about, the Lord was cared about more than anything else, is you do it the way I told you to do it. And it was done according to the way I said do it. We try to do things, brethren, and it doesn't work. What I'm going to try to tell you today, and I'll be done here in just a second, is you've got a pattern in front of you. And the Lord gave us a pattern all through this book. The easiest one is don't eat the fruit. Don't do what you're told not to do. There's a reason why. I don't have to tell you. I like moms and dads, real moms and dads. They just beat their kids up. Yeah. <laughs> I told you not to do that. Smack! <laughs> it's almost like we're waiting for them to do something wrong so we can just take our anger out on them. I guess people say, that's what people say. No, uh, I watched my daughter the other day and, and her little baby, sweet little baby, just running across the floor. And grandparents, you know, that. oh, she's so cute. Beth is over going, her lips. I'm like, what are you doing that for? She's going for your shoes, and I told her to don't. I said, well, well, but that's okay. She can play with my shoes. I don't want her to play with your shoes. Well, really, she shouldn't. She's liable to get hoof and mouth disease or something. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know what? I, I got a book here, and all I've done for 43 years is try to figure out what he says do. That's it. I'm, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I already know that. I don't care. I know somebody who is. They sang him songs about Jesus. I, I don't need anything other than Jesus. I don't know what y'all need today. I know what I need. I just need Jesus. And he tells me what to do. I, had, I bought some tires, and yesterday I came over here, and this lady calls me up. And uh, she says, hey, I, I need some tires. I said, how many do you need? Three. I was like, three? I said, you either have two or four. She goes, I need three. I said, three? She goes, yeah, I need three. I said, well, what do you got? She got a mobile home uh, that she bought up at Camper's World. And she goes, all four tires are flat. I said, well, that's four. She goes, I know, but you only got three. And I want all three. And then she goes, how much would you? And I'm sitting here in my garage. I, got, I, got, I ain't going to tell you how much I got it because you might be listening to me. Uh, but I, I said, okay. I, I said, I'll sell them to you for this. I said, ma'am, I'll tell you what I'll do. I said, for this much, I'll go up here. I'll take the four tires off your trailer. I'll take them and have them mounted and, and I'll put them back on your trailer for you. And she said, you'd do that for me? I said, yeah. I said, somebody else would charge you twice that. I said, I'm going to make some money on it, but I'll do that. I walked home, gave Beth some money yesterday and, and 400 bucks. Just out of junk out of my garage. I'm telling you, brother, you know what the Lord has done for me? He's taking care of me and taking care of me. I don't, I better watch out and say, Jerry's going to say, well, let's cut his salary in half and see if the Lord will do something there. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I, I'm sitting there going, Lord, I've watched you do this stuff for 43 years. And you've never stopped. You've just never stopped. But you know what he requires me to do is my part. And I have to do it. I'm going to end this right now. You all know the story. It's the same thing. You know what Solomon did? He got over, go back to uh, 2 Kings, or 1 Kings chapter 8. 
Verse 1 says, then Solomon assembled all the elders. He got the place built. He's all done with it. He's finished. There it is. It's right there. Guess what? There's no God. The Lord hasn't come down. Solomon probably still doesn't know what's getting ready to happen. I don't think the people really know what's getting ready to happen. But what he did is he followed the pattern that his dad gave him. David got a pattern, and Solomon followed that pattern exactly like his daddy told him to do it. He didn't have to understand. He said, no, no, I got all the gold here. It's going to be done. Verse 1, it says, Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes. That's 1 King 8.1. The chief of the fathers of the children of Israel under, under King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the Ark of the Covenant. You know what that is? That's God's throne right there. That's, that's the footstool of God on this planet right there was that Ark. You didn't mess with that Ark. A lot of people did. They didn't last very long. Go ask the Philistines. They didn't have a good time with that thing either. He says, Of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled themselves under the King Solomon at the feast in the month uh, Ethanim, which is the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark. You know, they did that earlier, and they put it on a cart. And a man died because they did it the wrong way. And he just reached out. He just reached out to touch the thing because the, the cart stumbled and hit a bump in the road and, and he thought the ark was going to fall over and he just didn't want the ark to fall over. That's all. He did something good and died. Why? Because you didn't do it the way God said do it. You say, well, that was wrong. No, you know what it is? He didn't follow the pattern. The Lord had that ark set with two staves in the side and it's supposed to have four guys on that picking it up and carrying it. Or two, one up front and two, one in the back. I don't know whether it's four or two. But they're supposed to carry the thing. You know what the priest did? They went and got it. And the elders came of Israel and the priest took up the ark. Get down to verse, just for sake of time, verse 9. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone, which Moses put there, put, uh, uh, put there at Horeb, when the Lord made the covenant with the children of Israel, when they came out of the land of Egypt. And it came to pass, when the priest were come out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. You know why the Lord did that? You did what I told you to do. Now, brethren, I'm telling you what. Now watch, it, watch these people here. Verse, verse 13. Solomon says this. I surely built thee a house to dwell in, a settled place for thee to abide in forever. It wasn't for the Lord. The Lord don't need that. He doesn't need your offerings. He doesn't need your sacrifices. If he were hungry, he wouldn't tell you or me either. That's for us. You say, how do you know that? Watch the next verse. Verse 14. And the king turned his face. He's like this, man. The cloud goes, poof. That probably just freaked him right out a little bit. He'd already talked to him once. But, I mean, that right there, when you see that happen in real life, uh, that would scare you to like to death. He turns around and he goes, and the king turned his face about and blessed the congregation. God's with us. Woohoo! yeah, man. And all the congregation stood. They were probably, they were down on the ground, but then they probably all stood up and just looking at what just happened. I can say this and I'll be done. 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. Brother, I'm telling you what, we got a mighty God. And he does some of the craziest things. We'll, I don't know if we'll ever see anything like that. But I've seen some things in my short 43 years being saved that just, just blew me out of the water. And those things keep me going, and what I've learned is you do it his way, not mine. My way sometimes is the wrong way, and I know it's the wrong way, and people will come up and tell me, and 
And I'm, I'm gracious, and I don't want to tell them that they're morons. Uh, but that's not what the Lord said. That's not what, Why? Because I know it always works out if he does it his way. And if I can get on it. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. It says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have a God, and you are not your own. That pattern of the temple in the Old Testament is you. You know, there was a day that the ark wasn't sitting there. The temple was there. And, and it was built, and it was all walking around perfectly fine on the planet. But there was something missing inside. The cloud hadn't fallen yet. And I sit there one day on the back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, the best I could. And I did what God said do the way he said do it. And the priest brought the, the priest, the high priest, brought it in. And the next thing you know, I get saved on a back porch, and the Holy Spirit comes back in, and John chapter 3 says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. I got born again on that back porch, and the Holy Spirit came in, and the cloud fell down, and it's been there ever since. And sometimes, you know, the cloud goes up, and it moves off somewhere. And guess what I got to do? I got to move where it's at. And you follow that thing, and you keep following, but it's always here. It has never left me. It's, he said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's been here the whole time. He said, Mike, you're my temple. He goes, I don't need the tabernacle anymore. I got you. And the day you got saved, he goes, guess what? Do you know what you got to do? You got to follow the pattern that I left for you. There's no other way to do it. You can try a million different ways. You know what I've watched in the last four or five weeks? I've watched people try to do it their way. And at 65 years old, I'll be 65 in November, but at 64 in some months, I watch these people, and I've been, been in this thing long enough to watch, and they didn't do it the way they, and I'm talking about saved people at this point. They had the opportunity to do it, and they just chose for whatever reason not to do it. And their lives aren't what they want them to be. And now they're, and then if you've done that and you've tried to do that, they're going to get mad at you. And then all of a sudden it was like the Lord saying, hey, Mike, that's what happened to me. He said, now you, now you can understand me. He said, I walked before Pilate. Do you think that he was happy with me? He said, when I was in front of Herod, do you think he was happy with me? He said, when I was in the temple with all those scribes and Pharisees who didn't have a clue on what they were trying to do it their way, and I was trying to tell them how to do it, and they didn't want to hear that. They all got mad. They all wanted to kill me. They, they gnashed on me with their teeth. He said, so much so I let them hang me on a cross, but that was part of the plan anyways. You know, sometimes you cannot understand anything that Jesus is saying out of this book until you do exactly what he says do, and the outcome may not always seem what you think it should be, but it'll work out. And you'll walk away with a smile on your face. And I'm sitting there going, hey, sticks and stones may break my bones, but please don't throw sticks and stones because they do hurt. But, but I don't have to worry about that thing. It does hurt inside, but the Lord says, Mike, you're not the first one that's ever been through this. And you're not going to be the last. I gave you a pattern. Stick with the pattern. For ye are bought with a price. He died on Calvary for me 2,000 years ago. He shed his blood. And somehow he showed me that. Man, every time they sing, these girls get up here and sing these songs, or anybody gets up here and sings, or we sing congregationals. I'm sitting back here thinking, Lord, that is like music to my ears. That's soothing. It's soothing. I'm still here after 43 years. It just boggles. I know people that aren't. They're not even here. Some of them haven't even got in, but some aren't. 
They've come and gone. They've come and gone. You know why? Because they tried to do it their way and it didn't work out. Have you thought about just letting God have it and let it, let's do it his way? And what you'll find out, it'll work out. He goes, you're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. They're not mine. They're his. And he gave it to me 43 years ago on a back porch. And I just asked. And he said, Mike, you're now you're starting to do it right. You know, I've watched from that day forward. Things just happen. And it boggles my mind when it does. It just happens. And things just happen. They keep happening. And I'm like, I can't wait till I get You say, Mike, they say, Mike, why do you want to go to heaven? I want to see the man who did that. I want to see the man who brought all those things to pass and the way they worked out. And he just said, do this and do that. And you do that without knowing what's going to happen. And it works out. And you're like, how does that happen? I'll tell you one thing. I am tired of doing it my way. I want to do it his. Are you tired of doing it your way? Come back tonight. I, got, I want to show you some patterns through the Bible that he showed us. But you got to get to the place where you're saying, I'm, going to, I'm done. And quit listening to yourself and do what he says do. Amen. And you know what you'll find out? That you'll find out that the temple that he set up, the fire will fall down on that thing. And you will have the joy. and You will sit back at all going, I don't know about you, but that freaks me out every time he does something great. Everything he does is great that I know he does. I'm watching my mom. I love her to death. Roman Catholic, her whole life. She's sitting down there in a rehab right now, and she doesn't know what to do. I, I know exactly what to do. I'm just going to keep following Jesus. I'm going to trust Jesus. Just like those girls saying, I'm going to trust Jesus. That's all I'm going to do. Father, thank you for your blessings today. Lord, uh, we need to follow the pattern that was in them exactly like you said do it. And, Lord, you gave us a book, a manual, to tell us how to do it. It's all through this book from Genesis to Revelation, Lord, on how to live our lives, Lord, but we just got to do it. Those that do it, Lord, it's not always going to work out perfect, but it's going to work out good. And, and Lord, in years to come, uh, Lord, uh, we'll be able to look back, and just like I can look back and see the, your hand in my life. And, Lord, I wouldn't trade one moment of anything you've ever done in my entire life for, for anything. Lord, this world has nothing. I just have something that I'm looking forward to one day, and that's coming home to you. But until then, Lord, we got to still live our lives. And, Lord, this book is still full of uh, blueprints and patterns on what we're supposed to do and any issue that we face. Uh, Lord, the answer is right in this book. All we have to do is get to it. Lord, thank you for it. Thank you for a church that we can come to on Sunday morning. Uh, Lord, I do uh, thank you for my friends, Lord, and all around the country. And, Lord, I thank you for everyone here this morning. Lord, help us to each and every one. Lord, we got young people in here who's got their lives ahead of them. Lord, they have to guide them. They have to have some guidance somewhere. And, Lord, this book is the perfect book to guide them. Uh, Lord, for the rest of us, Lord, that we're already down the path, help us to correct some of the things in our lives that need to be corrected. And, Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Lord, if, there is an, if there's anybody in this room today that doesn't know you, I pray that you'd show them of their need of a Savior. And, Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen.